And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a live edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Marcus Thompson, Tim Kawakami in the room. Warriors away from Chase Center, which means they are the Detroit Pistons, the, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, they lose again 7-25 on the road, seven straight road losses, third worst road defense in the NBA, gave up 137 points. Uh, it was bad, too. I mean, go if people really want to dive in and, and rewatch, like, I thought this was some of their worst defensive film of the season, just like blow-bys, open corner threes. I know it's something that Marcus has been talking about all season, but um, it was just bad. That third quarter. That third quarter was brutal. Uh, they, you know, they come back from the early deficit. They get within four at halftime. They take the lead in the early third quarter. And I think Marcus spotlighted a couple you know, offensive screw-ups. The, the Draymond Lopps, the Kaminga, then went nowhere. The Kaminga kind of forced three that clanged off. And then all of a sudden, you know, up four to, I think, down one or whatever it was. But defensively, they just let Giddy get wherever he wanted to get. They had no one to stop. Josh Giddy's a good player, but he shouldn't be absolutely dominating you. And and he did. And obviously, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a tremendous player. But like those are two players. <laughs> the Warriors should not be getting completely destroyed by two players. If they can play team defense, if they can stay in front of anybody, and they couldn't do it. And Giddy just completely, you know, just wherever he wanted to go and whatever, whoever was open. And then if he got to the rim, he got the rim. And that is a problem. If you're looking at this team, you know, going into the playoffs or playing or whatever they're going to be, this was a major, major red light. We've seen a lot of them, but I thought that third quarter was like, if you're playing playoff basketball, that's what you are. And they've kind of said they are. They had no answers for Josh Giddy. And there's better players than Josh Giddy out there. Josh Giddy's good, but there's better offensive players than Josh Giddy out there. And that, that this, is, this is a major, major red light, I think. Yeah, I felt like they treated Josh Giddy like he was Giannis. And it was like I, I don't I just don't understand the, the amount of practice threes they give up all for the sake of protecting the paint. Like if Giddy drives a hundred times, I don't think they lose this game. <laughs> he could take Jordan Poole every time off the dribble and score 60% of the possessions. And it wouldn't hurt more than 17 of 37 from three. Like, I don't know why they just decide to not cover the line. Like even like Dante was 
you know, good defensively. Like he was hustling, he made plays, he was aggressive. And even he's going under screens, like giving dudes looks. It's just like why why are they why are they choosing as a team to not guard the line? Like it's it's just it's I don't I don't understand. The the data is all there. Stop letting people walk into threes. Stop letting people just take comfortable shots, and they just let them take them. Especially TK at the end of quarters, right? End of the quarters, they're so bad. <laughs> they're giving up like eighty two percent from three in the last thirty seconds of quarters. It's every time the opponent shoots a three in the last thirty seconds. I, I'm sure it's going in. I mean, we, we've talked. About, I mean, they're so worried about penetration because they give up penetration. So they collapse in from the you know from the strong side, sometimes from the weak side, and they get to kick out and they don't get back out to it. But, you know, there's an overreaching problem is that there's not good on the ball and they're not great in the, in the inside. And specifically when they're on the road, they're just terrible at this. But why but not they, just go with the math? Why not yeah, just go with yeah. the math? I mean, they, it, it really could do that. I mean, they got some bad perimeter defenders who just don't get back out by them. I mean, that's the kind of the thing is this is what happens at the end of quarters. Guards get sucked in and they never bother to go back out. And there's, you know, there's one specific player who does that and we know who it is. And Just don't go out. They don't go out to the three-point line once they go in, you know, and you do have to do that. And at the end of the quarters when it's most prevalent because guys are going to shoot those (laughs) because they have to shoot those. Uh, It just happens on the road all the time. They're just not a good defensive team. I mean, they are what they are. People are saying it. It's true. It's a cliche, but this is – this is a huge part of the season that they're done with. They're not good on the road, and they're not good defensively. They're okay at home defensively, but they're not good overall defensively. And they're going to have to, you know, they're going to do tricks, and they're going to have to, do, you know, we talked about the five-game home winning streak was good. Did you guys think they were great at home, though? <laughs> defensively, yes. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they 105, were... 101, I think 104, 99, 91 points. It was like a 99.4 defensive rating. I know it's a five-game sample, but, you know, they were the best defensive basketball for a week. Uh, and it was without Wiggins, no Draymond in two of those games. But, you know what, remember, they're blitzing Lillard and they have yep. this complex scheme. They're uh, sagging off Westbrook, and obviously those are two uh, you know, unique matchups that allowed them those game plans. But I mean, remember the talk? It was like, hey, we're focused, we're executing, we're coming in to walk through, we're, you know, sl- slamming down playoff game plans on the table, and then we're like locking into it. And then suddenly they got on the road. And I mean, you saw it tonight, first play of the game, it's Draymond and DiVincenzo have a, have a massive screw up on the baseline and, and give up Jalen Williams wide open corner three. They didn't like Thunder didn't need to break anyone off the dribble. They just threw it over to Jalen Williams because <laughs> they mixed it up. Boom, three. Um, you know, you put Kaminga in and you go small and you have him guarding uh, Shea and you should have seen how easily, you know, Shea got an uncontested dunk and an uncontested lap in half court settings against Kaminga and Clay Thompson because they were looking around for a screen that wasn't there. And by the time they looked back, Shea was already on the way to the rim and they have no rim protection. That's the other thing. Don't start. They didn't start Looney tonight. Um, Draymond is not the rim protector. He used to be just from an athletic standpoint. And you know, it was suddenly not the creative, you know, locked in complex defense that we saw during the home stand. It was the lazy, kind of effortless at times uh, defense that we've seen on the road all season. But the question was, maybe they had turned the corner because they talked like they thought they had. Yeah, well, uh, two things we should say. I mean, it's not the, the bigger picture is what you're saying. Looney was clearly not 100%. I mean, not even close. He was 
on the injury report yeah. with the back situation he played, but he was not himself. I mean, some of those things that he could help them out on, which he saves them on a lot of times when they blow assignments, he was not doing that. And Draymond had a bad game. Like, Draymond was not good. Uh, we were going to talk about the give-up play, I'm sure, but there were just things that were happening that don't normally happen when Draymond's on the floor. He can't be great every single game. He was really good in, on the homestand. I don't think there's any question about that. He's been good most of the season. He was not good tonight. So you, you have no Wiggins. We'll see about GP2. Iguodala, I think he kind of, I guess he got in early, earlier. I don't think he was warmed up because there are a couple where he gave up just on def- defense. He just let him go into the lane and never did anything. I just don't think his legs were there. The the plus minus certainly shows with with that with Iguodala certainly not what he normally does plus minus but they had those specific things but and this is a whole season thing right this is not just this one game uh, but I do want to point out Looney was not himself Draymond was nowhere near the top of his game and Iguodala looked like he was kind of surprised to play that early and and it looked like it so well, he came in uh, right after uh, Kaminga got that's what it was that's what he yeah. in the nose by yep. SGA yep. so he out. probably I, yeah. I don't think he was ready to go. Uh, and that's going to happen, you know, when you have the second oldest player in the league, you know, who is just coming back. But besides the point, those are just things that happen in every game. You have those things, and they've just put up game after game after game on the road of not playing well defensively, not being connected defensively. Uh, they need Wiggins back, guys. Right? I mean, they really need. We don't know when he's coming coming back. Assume it's going to be before the end of the season. But this team really needs Andrew Wiggins. He was so good for them last season, certainly in the playoffs. And one great early this season, They're, they've been bad, you know, with him. But when they're trying to turn it up, they need that small forward who can guard everybody. <laughs> and then it really, really shows when they don't have him. And the crazy part was Steph was great. Yep. I mean, he had six turnovers, but Ten like he was there. Yep. He was there. Like the, the, if they do any guarding, <laughs> then they, they probably win this game. If, if they just have a stretch where they just buckle down. Like, they were there. But you know what? They're not a very – I mean, obviously, this is clear from the record. They just do not play smart basketball. And even with this commitment to the postseason, getting ready for playoffs, and stuff, they just don't play smart basketball. And it's – I don't know how you flip that switch. As a unit, they don't play smart basketball. If, if Oklahoma City can do to see, what, what's it going to be? You know, here's their saving grace. If it's Kevin Durant, if it's Devin Booker, they probably lock in more. But you could tell, I mean, the first quarter was like, you ain't making that. (laughs) You're not. Yeah, you can't make that. It's like, how is a team in their situation playing defense like that? Yeah, Or it's like, if you make make it, we're going to come back and make three on you. Uh, yeah, and, don't and get me started on the three, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it just feeds into the other team coming back at them. And uh, minor little point, I sometimes get annoyed when I hear the two for one. That's the free shot. You just take the free shot. It's not a free shot if it's a terrible shot that leads to a wide open three or a dunk on the other side. That's it's also not, not a free shot if the other team gets the offensive rebound and you never get the ball back. Absolutely, like there's just. Two for one, Steve really believes in him. He's convinced me. I get it. You do want, especially when you got Steph Curry, Jordan Poole kind of falls in that too. Like you get two shots, the other one, it doesn't matter if one of them's not great. If it's Steph Curry, you want him taking that shot. And you get two of them, and the other team only gets one. But you can screw it up. 
you can do stupid stuff. And it sometimes it feeds into this, you know, nine nothing runs we see. They're just shooting anything with 35 seconds left to make sure they get the ball back with 15. And it just screws them up. And they did this tonight. And it's just like, it does seem that this carelessness seems to feed on each other. Is this carelessness they had when they were great? Because they could be careless because the more shots they put up, they're just going to be better than the other team. And that's not the case now. Sometimes the other team gets better shots, gets more shots. They're going to be better because they're just better than the Warriors. And I just think they're kind of playing off of, and we've said this, they're playing off of what they were, not who they are. And, oh, man, they've been doing that all year. MT, you've been saying that. You've been saying that, and you've been right. They're just, they, like, they're here, here we go. Well, like, MT, you feel this? Like, Draymond does something weird. Maybe Steve yells at him. They're in OKC. Steph starts getting hot. Did you feel like, okay, yeah, they win this game? Because you know what? Oh, we right. saw this game. We yeah. saw this game. They win this game. And they did not win this game. And it wasn't against Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. It was against Josh Giddy, Shea Gil, Alexander, and, you know, a bunch of players that may or may not be really good. It's hard to tell right now. They're all young. It's just a game where they, okay, we, we are now summoned. We are now, you know, showing up. This is who we are now in the third quarter. They still could stop. Dario Sarge cooking them. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the Draymond play. Uh, <clears throat> just the setup is, of it is late first half. You know, they're in the game, but they hadn't had a very good defensive first half. And they hadn't just had a great, uh, you know, vibes in the first half generally. Uh, but Poole was bringing it up court, kind of like drives in. I can't remember the defender. Drives into somebody, kind of knocks him over. He's a little bit in traffic. Somebody's coming over to help. So he's he's not trapped, but he doesn't have his dribble. And he's looking for somebody to pass to. Draymond flashes wide open right around elbow or so. Uh, Poole you would think could have seen him and pass it to him, doesn't pass to him, kind of throws it back to Clay, who's a little guarded, you know, way out back towards half court. Draymond, with his hands up, doesn't get the ball. He kind of, like, annoyingly waves, like, hey, you know, could have passed it to me over here, and then proceeds to stop, turn around, and walk away from the play, really just kind of off the court, essentially. By the time the camera panned, like, you, like is he in the crowd at this point? You didn't really know where he was walking to. Um, and Clay had passed it to Draymond, on the swing and you know Draymond wasn't looking so it bounces to the Thunder Thunder go for a five on four fast break the other way they missed like three shots Draymond is not back in the uh, play at all he just didn't go back on defense they actually funny thing is the Warriors get a stop it wasn't even any points um, but it was just a very weird sequence particularly the two players involved Draymond Green frustrated at Jordan Poole right before halftime Steve Kerr said that they called the, the team kind of disconnected in the first half and said they talked about being disconnected. He didn't specifically talk about that play. Um, did did that signal anything to you guys, or was it just uh, it was like kind of a moment of frustration that happens in an NBA season? Yeah, it just felt like a moment. I, I don't know why Clay threw that pass. <laughs> he was clearly walking away with his back to the basket. Uh, Clay had two of those tonight. That one at the end, like he's trying to dump it down. I mean, probably the game's over at that point, but. Just like Clay, you just literally just threw the ball away. But there, it's a. I think it's a sign of the frustration uh, and the, like the inability to get it right. Like you could see that being a, a thing. Like I don't think that like harmed them in a significant way, but it was just a sign of they they just don't have it together. Like they don't they aren't playing smart. Like they they just don't have it together. Like that right there was the. It's three people involved in that play, and by the way, all three of them are champions, right? 
Jordan Poole misses Draymond. Draymond walks away. Clay throws it to him while he's walking away. Like, that's three people who made a, a poor choice in that moment and three people who you are relying on to win a championship. Like, that, to me, it was a microcosm more than it was, uh, like, a glaring issue from this game. But Steph can save all that. He went out and got 40, and he was back. And they were they were still in the game. <laughs> and they just keep doing this type of stuff. I don't understand this team at all. <laughs> I do want to say one thing about I agree with you. It's probably just a thing. But there's a lot of things, right, that are uh, that just build up to things. It was Jordan and, and Draymond. We know the, the history there. Uh, and another thing is when Clay threw that pass, it bounced to the Thunder in front of Draymond. Like it went past Draymond. He sees the ball go to them, and he still doesn't turn around and run back. Like that was a little bit more. Like it wasn't just – walking out of the offensive play. It was walking out of the defensive play. Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, I thought we still had the ball. He's looking at the ball as they're collecting it because it just bounces right to them and doesn't run back, and there's, an, you know, a couple offensive I – mean, it looked bad. I don't think yet. Yeah, this is not, again, in, in Oklahoma City in that visiting locker room, Draymond and Kerr once almost fought, and they still won the game and were great that season. So it's not that. It's just a team that – it gets frustrated with each other. Like, and was uh, Andre, you see Andre looks Andre was given when they were blowing the defensive assignments there in the third quarter. Like, I, I don't know exactly who was looking Michael at Michael Blue one. And I thought, man, he looked, yeah, Ooh, yeah it was like, hot. yeah, I mean, it was really bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was some of that stuff. Was our, was like white play, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they threw it right to him, but there was another, play I, I put that, I put that one specifically in my story. It was weird. Cause they had the camera was on Atkinson who was like telling them like, Hey, like get on Sarge, like somebody get on Sarge. Then it was pool and clay who didn't seem to know who Adam. And then even when pool uh, clay realizes, Hey, that's his man. He stays on the backside of him and just lets Giddy throw it right to Sarge uh, yep. on the inbound. And then Kenny Atkinson throws, he had papers <laughs> in his hands. He just throws them into the bench. It was like, what the hell was that? Yep. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there's frustration, and it's the older players, certainly, who are looking at the younger players, and, you know, they're not all that young, right? You know, that's, you know, and Clay, if Clay blew it, he's an older player. They're just, there's some building stuff. It's, it happens when you lose games. It happens, I'm sure, there's a growing frustration on the road, growing frustration about the defense. You know, when are they going to have all their guys there? I, I get all that. They're all a little older. They're all got a little, you know, more bumps and bruises. But um, it's not a good team. You know, they're okay. That's what they are. And maybe that's tough to pill to swallow. They're an okay team that's going to be dangerous in the playoffs probably, although we don't know. Uh, they look like a play-in team to me. I've kind of felt that for a little while. You know, with a shot at a six seed, shot at a five seed, and certainly nobody's running away with those spots. But a team that can't win on the road should not be a five seed. Should not. And probably won't be. Maybe can you know if they went out at home, it maybe could be a six seed. But I don't see that either. I don't see them beating Dallas if they can't win on the road. And then you're looking at a seven seed going in the play-in, right? I mean, I just think they kind of you know the the, the realization of this is going to be tough for them, uh, and they can still deny it, and that's fine because they have the championship champions pride, but. I think some of this is soaking in that this is going to be a this isn't going to be a five seed and get that knock off the four seed and you go go after the you know the hot team going after that's not this is going to be a little different than that and 
it's seeping in. I think that's. I don't know that five seed matters as much, though. I think. They yeah, I mean, but it, it's that they can win enough. To, I'm, you know, what I mean is that they can win enough to show that they're the five. Like, get hot. Here, here we come, everybody. We, you know, what's that magical fifteen and five we keep talking about from a few years ago? Like, you know, they go thirteen and six to finish. Here we are. JTA yeah. is not walking through <laughs> yeah. that door. Guess what? They're not going thirteen and six or whatever. They're not. They're going to be lucky to be over five hundred. Uh, you guys agree with that? Do you think? I mean, do you think forty three or forty two wins is really workable for them? I, I think forty two might be the high end for them right now. I've, I've mentioned this. I've heard about it. Like they got to get ten wins at home over like after the break. Ten out of twelve just to make it. Well, they got make, five. Push forty three yeah. and play. Yeah, they got yeah. five, but you know. <laughs> Still, like, uh, what seven more at home? No, and they, in Milwaukee, yeah, they, yeah, they, they got to win five of the seven to, to, yeah. to put Sixers in play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, like it, it's gonna be tough unless they somehow can steal some of these road games. But they just lost two beat two. They they lost to yeah. the beatable teams on the road. Have you guys yeah. seen their next six? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah they need they needed they needed one of these two. Absolutely, I mean to be. To be a six seed, right? To have a shot of a five seed, they needed one. I don't. I just don't know if we can say that because everybody else is. Such it's like true, good. but is that? I think Dallas is going to be okay, right? I'm not, that's the one I'm looking at. Dallas is twelve so, and nineteen on the road, and they're not as good at home. They're just as bad. Like all these teams are horribly. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> seven and twenty-eight on the road, MT seven and twenty-eight on the road. That yeah, they're terrible not, on the road. They're yeah. five games behind Dallas on the road, but they're five games better at home. Yeah. That's why they're tied. That's why they're yeah. like tied for, <laughs> like these teams are they're just not good. Minnesota I agree. not good. Clippers not good. I mean Memphis might fall, you know, like I just, I just don't think like they just get they got so fortunate this year that none of these teams are great. They're just yeah. not. I don't think that. I don't know if they can capitalize in the way. But like, if they, you know, they go two and four over the next six, and they're two games under five hundred, like that, that might seal their fate yeah. from a playing standpoint. But only if the other teams don't go two and four as well. But it's yeah. very possible. It's all. It's all a mess. I'm saying seven, which we know they would not be proud of. But they get to seven. They're playing at home. They. I'd like them against whoever is eight, Minnesota or whoever. Then they go get two. And guess who that is? Right now, it's Memphis. Sacramento Kings. It might end up being Sacramento. <laughs> as of this moment. Yeah, as I mean, of this moment. Uh, and we keep Sacramento. talking about it. But before, we were talking about like 3-6, 4-5. This could be 2-7. Uh, and, you know, I, who knows with that? You'd I, have I'm to not, win, by the way, you'd have to win the 7-8 playing game. Though. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of giving them that one just because it would be at home. We know they're a good home team. Who knows? I'm just saying I'm not writing them off as like, like a playoff threat. I'm just saying, if you're talking about five seed, I don't think they're doing it. And these two games were their chance to show that they could do it, and I, I don't think they can do it. Even if they beat Memphis, you know, we'll see about that one. I think it's really, really tough. I'm still not looking at them as as a as a, as a five seed and and a shaky six, even though we well, know. And by the way, I mean I. And I completely understand it would probably pick the Warriors in the series against the Kings. But what is the Warriors' problem been? Defense on the road. What do the Kings do? Oh they no, no, score I would better yes. than yeah. any offense in history Kings. and do it yeah. in Golden One Center, which is like a madhouse right now. So it's not like if you wobbled in as the seven against the Kings, sure, the story would be like, 
experience against literally the team. Yeah, you would need the Kings to fall on their face, though. Yes. Yes. The Kings are a better team. The Kings have been a better team this season from day one. That doesn't always matter in the playoffs, but, you know, I think, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the Warriors would be favored just because of the Warriors, and we can all understand why, but the Kings have been a better team this season, and we've, we've seen enough games to show that, and, the Warriors have certainly not shown that they could go up to go in one and take one. They have not shown that this season. We'll see. I don't mean to write them off of that. What I'm just saying is this surge to get to five looked like they could be the five seed. They were the five seed for a couple of days. I think that you you got to beat one one of these last – you got to win one of these last two games to do it. Lakers without, without LeBron. Oklahoma City, which is young, and we know things are you know not all the way together for them. You can't do that. You're not the five seed, and I don't care how messed up the West is. Somebody's going to win enough games to get ahead of the Warriors because the Warriors still have all these road games left. And I don't know what they're going to go in these road. I mean, eight more road games left. What are they going to go? I mean, is it eight? Is it nine? It's nine, right? Nine more road games left. Is it two and seven? You know, is it one and eight? <laughs> you know, it's they do play in Houston. I yeah, that's the that. one. I'm, yeah, that's the one I'm giving them. That's the one. I mean, well, there's Oklahoma no- City was the one I was giving. Yes, them too, yes, that was like their second easiest one. Because they got Sacramento, they've got. I mean, they don't have easy games on the road, and the Lakers and the Oklahoma City were like two of their easier ones, and so it just isn't looking good for them, just in in a positional way. Beyond that, we'll see where they're at. You know, they got to get Wiggins back, they got to get GP two back, they got to figure out how Iguodala fits in there, but they don't look good to me. I'm just like, this is sometimes you just tell everyone who you are. When you play 62 games or whatever it is, 64 games, this is who they are. And then they're going to have to funk it up to try to get through some of these series. And they're, and, and they're going to have to do some things that they have not done through most of the season. And and this, this streak of winning one road game in every series, well, good thing they've got it because they're going to need it because they're going to be playing on the road every single series. So what do you guys do? Their advantage, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they steal one of those first two. Yeah. yeah, then you have control of the series. Like it's, it's a great way to look at it. They just haven't shown the capability to do it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So Slater, do you like presuming they get Wiggins back with enough time? 
to like find the rhythm because when he came back the first time, he wasn't that good. He didn't be good. Uh, and by the way, you have to imagine he has not touched a basketball court in yeah, three weeks. So, yeah. yeah. So presuming they get him back and, and enough time to like you know get him in the rhythm and he get GP two back, like how drastically do you think that changes this defense from from a postseason perspective? Um, you know, I, I don't, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't expect to see the Wiggins that like just completely exploded in the playoffs last year, who was, you know, grabbing eight rebounds a game all of a sudden and like locking into Tatum and Doncic. And maybe he does reappear, but that's just, you know, seeming more far-fetched by the day. Um, Gary Payton is, you know, the last time we saw him in Portland, he seemed, hampered and then we definitely learned that the Warriors training staff believes he was with what clearly was a um you know abdominal core muscle repair job that that is still has been a long way from recovery and that is just huge to his explosiveness and his explosiveness side to side laterally is what makes him who he is defensively so um I I mean it will help it is their only hope of actually winning a title is a high-level Wiggins and a helpful Gary Payton showing back up, but do we think that that's realistic? It, it, it's it's a matter of degrees, I think. I mean, would that be better than throwing Clay in there? Clay was guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight, you know, when when uh, DiVincenzo was out or when Kaminga was out, and Kaminga didn't do a great job anyway. You know, DiVincenzo was was probably their best guy doing anyone great. He was okay. Is he, so would Wiggins be better than that? Probably, right? He's a little bit better. Would GP2 been better than that? Probably. You know, not what we saw last season, but better than what we're seeing. And because they have an issue, right? They really have an issue. When Steph, Clay, and Poole play together, they don't have the right matchups. They just don't. You know, it's got to be Draymond to guard some of these guys, and he's not going to do it all the time. Uh, that's a major. So you better score on the other side a lot, and they're having some issues doing that. Like they, they do have a perimeter defense problem, and so could GP two just go get somebody for seven minutes better than what you know forcing Dante to do it? I, I think he probably could. I think Wiggins probably could go get somebody a little you know better than Clay doing it. Let's put it that way. Uh, again, not at the level that we saw last season. There's just no reason to expect that. They just haven't been out there. They're not healthy. But I think that could be better. Marginally, right? Not not by leaps and bounds. But some of the things where they've caved in, it's just been you know one area where there, there's an issue. If you can just stop that for five minutes, maybe, maybe they're better. You know, I had you know, Warriors fans on Twitter. Oh, yeah, they would have won if they had Anthony Lamb. Like, it's, you're getting to a certain point in the season when you have Warriors fans saying Anthony Lamb would have been the difference in a game. He might well, have been let's, can, can I can I have let's have a lamb go 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 Steve go ahead Steve Kerr go ahead <laughs> well no I'm not sitting here to argue all you know <laughs> if Anthony Lamb's on the floor they win the game but you know I don't know his plus minus is really good yeah, he's, like, not, he's not a bad player he's not a bad player and uh, and and you mentioned Looney is seemed a little bit compromised he's clearly going through some back soreness he hasn't been as effective Jermichael Green it just hasn't you know, he had that little stretch uh, maybe a month ago, right before the deadline, but he hasn't been really an effective front court player. Uh, if Anthony Lamb was active and available tonight, where do we think he plays? 25 minutes? I mean, he's been yeah. averaging 25 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do we think about the idea that the Warriors are 
you know, they're penny pinching. Uh, you know, I say pennies, it's really million dollar penny pinching. But, you know, it's like if they had just decided instead of the Quinones 10 day to just sign Anthony Lamb and put Quinones in a, in a two way contract, they would have the same exact roster um, and it would end up costing them, um, you know, a, a, like three more million for the rest of the season uh, in, instead of giving during a playoff chase, instead of giving. Anthony Lamb that contract and spending a few extra million, they've decided not to, to at this point leave the flexibility in there to save money. And on a night like tonight, again, I'm not arguing that if Anthony Lamb's there, they win, but you like, it's, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. What do we just think about what they're doing with that? And it's a good point. I mean, I agree with it that, that lamb having lamb would have been better than not having lamb, especially with, with Looney banged up. No question. Uh, it's you can you can argue that that's being cheap, but also I think they wanted the optionality to possibly have Jerome be the guy who gets the 15th spot. I don't think it's likely that he is, but if you go ahead and put Lamb in there and Steph is, you know, limited down the stretch, you're going to run out of Jerome games, and then you can't have Jerome. Like that's the problem. And that's one of the problems. The dollars are the number one thing. And, you know, you know, for a $7 billion franchise, you can argue about that again. I think Bob Myers says, I do I go to Joe Lacob and say, let's spend $3 million for somebody who I'm not sure is going to be the difference in any game um, and removes the possibility of, of Jerome being a guy. Again, I don't think it's going to be Jerome. I don't think they think it's going to be Jerome. But I think there's that outside shot that it might be. And they wanted to buy themselves a week on this. And that's how they did it. Might have been a mistake. Probably was a mistake. But I get the explanation. The dollars plus, geez, it really might need to be Jerome if we need another point guard. Likely that doesn't decide much. That's not going to get him in the playoffs or not. But I get those things uh, being on the table. And I just don't think Anthony, you know, we all know how much Kerr likes him. We all know that, that Lamb has done some things. I don't know having Lamb on this team is going to make a difference in a game or two. I just don't know that. Kaminga wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. You give Kaminga more minutes. So uh, I'm kind of agnostic on this one because I know the shot of Ty. If Steph gets banged up again and you don't have Ty Jerome, the ability to play Ty Jerome, that's bigger trouble than anything, I would say. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think that would be the biggest issue they'd have roster-wise, more than anything Anthony Lamb could do if Steph isn't ready. I'll, I'll just, that's the way I'll put it. Yeah, I mean, they have five more Jerome games to spend, yep. and that's why he, you know, he's been deactivated the last couple games because Steph has been available. So, you know, if you signed Lamb, you'd have the field 15th, and when you signed Lamb instead of Quinones, you would have still had seven Jerome games to play with. Yep. So, yep. you know, that to me, it, it is for, for them, it's more about the money. It's more about when Quinones no, it's definitely is about the money. Yeah, definitely 10 days up. And, and if they leave that roster spot open for every two weeks, they leave it open. That's an extra one million that they're saving in tax. So, um, you know, I, to me, that's more why it's happening. And again, they're paying the largest tax bill ever. We know that. Um, 15th men shouldn't matter as much as they do. Two-way guys shouldn't matter as much as they do. But then it goes back to roster construction, right? Yep, it goes no back question. to the Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin and James Wiseman not working. And, and Andre, uh, not, not Andre not playing yeah. until now. I mean, that's maybe the biggest one of all because that's the position where Lamb was. And also, they didn't need to spend all 50 games for Lamb so quickly. I, I think that was 
I understood why he was helping them, but you couldn't like save in a couple games here and there to have them for some of these games. I, I think a lot of these things were slightly miscalculated for understandable reasons, and it got them in this jam. And there weren't great answers all the way around. And the one was just spend the money, and they decided it wasn't going to be worth it. And we can judge them on that. If you're to the point where it's like, man, we're going to Oklahoma City, we can't win without Lamb. It's time to hang it up. That's all. Yep. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, we got to have them. It's just like, it's time to hang it up. But I mean, I understand could, could you see, do you think that not having them tonight, like, was a, was somewhat of a problem? I mean, you know. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I do feel like, like he is a better option defensively in some ways, but I don't think he's, I feel like if, you know, Michael Green wasn't so bad, or if like maybe you give Moody a shot, or if Draymond is playing a better, if Clay's playing better defense, like to me the difference wasn't Lamb; it was their best, their better guys didn't play. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. Think the he's problem this season is that they've needed so. Lamb because of the stuff you're talking about, right? Yeah, but to me, the solution to the season is getting those guys playing better. Like. That's the solution. Uh, and if you need Lamb for that, then that means they're done and the season is done. I, I, I do just feel like – I mean, was Lamb locking down Giddy? Like, who was he stopping? No, it was – <laughs> to me, it was – if you were – if he was available, it would be more about uh, lineup versatility, front guard guy who can shoot it. Um, and, and, he might, and he might have been better on the help side, right? They had no help side. And you know, that's the stuff that the coaches love about him, and, and I get it. Uh, no, Slayer's point is right. I mean, they would have been better in some percentage way if they, if Lamb was on this roster and, and not Lester Canyon, as he doesn't even with the team. Uh, but I mostly agree with Marcus. Like, if, if yeah, yeah. You, you can't get you can't get that extra six minutes that you need from Kaminga, or if Andre can't do it because Andre didn't play in the second half that I that I can remember. If Draymond isn't there, ready to fire up and play great then you're probably not going to be, you know, you might be closer in this game where you maybe would have won it and you're still not a good team. Yeah, you know who they tried? Yeah. They tried Baldwin for four minutes tonight. Yep. Baldwin has previously worked, but tonight he comes in, he goes 0-3 from three in yep. four minutes and doesn't yep. put up another stat. Yep, yep. I mean, it's just like they have the roster they have. Lamb has helped them. But, man, he starts debating whether it's Lamb, you know, or you lose. You are not a good team. <laughs> Which, by the way, on the road they aren't. So you know. yep, yep, yep. It's like it just becomes that. You know, it is amazing that that's what it comes down to at some point. But I just don't think Anthony Lamb getting twenty six minutes would have been the difference in this game because he would have also screwed up some things, yes. right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like he wasn't going to play perfect basketball, certainly not on the road, and his threes are not quite hitting as much as he had been early in the season, but. I get it. I get the discussion. It's it's certainly not you know wrong to bring stuff like this up. It is certainly I, I don't begrudge any fan pissed off about it. You know, three million dollars. What's three million dollars to a team that's making you know that's worth seven billion? I get all those things, but I don't know. I mean, if you I I've talked to Myers enough. We all have where he like Joe. I, let's let's convert. Anthony Lamb right now is going to cost you $3 million. Okay, we'll say, what's that going to be worth to us? Well, you know, maybe half a point a game over the next, you know, 17 games. That that might be a hard thing for, for Bob to kind of score up in his mind. Uh, and maybe he should have done it. 
maybe you shouldn't, but I, I just can't go with Anthony Lamb being that much of a deciding factor. And again, if he is, you're in more trouble than you kind of want to admit you are. Yeah, again, I think it. I think it just ties back into so many of the the, the pitfalls that have uh, hit them all season. I mean, yep. you. I think one of the points you mentioned earlier is the fact that Anthony Lamb has had to play 50 games. Yes, at this point. Yes. it's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, James Wiseman, yeah. you know, could have been an answer here, right? I mean, there's we could go down the names of That's players. whose rotation spot he yeah, took exa- after the 3-7 exa- and seven start. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Sadiq Bey, who I'm watching, by the way. Oh, no, you, <laughs> had, a terrible you player. had to go to Not Sadiq a terrible Bay. player. Not a terrible player. He is not a terrible player. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had, I had to mention that one. But, uh, to me, here's uh, an issue that Lamb wouldn't have solved. Uh, they, they took... 54 threes against Houston that first game, but they made 26 of them. They were on fire that game. The next four games, 42-30, 46-31. Steph comes back, 52-51. Back chucking a bunch of threes again because Steph is here, so we're just going to three-point shoot every day. They just stopped playing. Lamb doesn't help with that, but they, they, were, they shot 52% from the field. They yep. were 47 of 89 inside. Like, well, offense wasn't really just, a problem. It wasn't, yeah. It's just, but, like, it, it became a problem when they needed to score. Uh, to me, that, that, answer, that yeah, went all work. Yeah, to answer yeah. Oklahoma City. Yeah, when it's, time, when it's time, like, all right, here you go. Like, it's, it's, it's game time. They just they lean on it like crazy. But we we watched them do it. They just they, – they got whatever they want inside of the paint, and they just – couldn't resist the three point addiction. Like Lamb doesn't help with that. Like that's Clay got to play. That's Jordan Poole got to play smarter. Like to me, like Lamb is a great extra piece if somebody gets hurt and you do have Wiggins out. But man, you're talking fifteenth guy. Like he's he's the sixteenth guy on the roster technically. Yeah, I mean, but he's been the eighth or seventh or eighth man in Steve Kerr's rotation. Like, during the five game win streak and really during the Lakers game, he has led the bench in minutes like in almost every game. So, you know, he's actually kind of been their sixth man the last two weeks. Like, that's just how he's been played. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's. Well, there's a whole lot three of year deal, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's a whole lot of issues with that one. It, it it goes back to it goes back to roster construction. It goes back to counting on guys. And if Moody was somebody that Kirk can count on, that wouldn't be this. We wouldn't be talking about this. If Wiseman had turned out, we wouldn't be talking about this. If you know Patrick Ball was somebody Kirk could count on for at least six minutes, this wouldn't be a big deal. If Andre could have played all season. This wouldn't have been. You know, all these things have piled up in a way that you know totally opposite of last season where everything that they did with the roster worked. They just, boom, you know, be elites of boom, Porter, you know, boom, GP2 out of the blue he becomes like their seventh best player last season. Hey, by the way, there's another, like if had happened, if Gary Payton, the second was healthy when they traded for there him. There you go. There you go. All these things have led us to the, you know, Anthony lamb. And, and I think Steve Kerr would agree. Like, look at, I have to buy him. And I understand why I get, why he's doing it because he has helped them in a lot of different ways but man if that's where you come to on you know march 8th of a season woof this ain't the kevin durant steph curry warriors like this is a whole other thing going on it is not yeah it's a whole other thing and um it might might become very important but it's just not like 
Kaminga, I mean, I'm a Kaminga guy. Kaminga should be able to fill those minutes. He should. He should. He's not going to do exactly the same stuff, but he should be able to be as good or better. And sometimes he is, and sometimes he's not. And then you know, I get it. That's an issue. But at some point, they just need to do it. They just need to like, just go do it. And maybe you're going to give us some really interesting things that we can't get from anybody else. And they are hesitant about it. I get it. But I do think like you just got to roll with him sometimes. Slater, what happened to all the fancy defense? <laughs> the sets and the, you know, the back and forth and the boxing one, like they weren't doing any. It just felt like they were. Yeah. Doing... Yeah. I mean, in, like, so, you know, you, there's not every team you're just going to box in one on, obviously like that was uh pretty Lillard specific, but I agree with you that, um, you know, like, you know, I went to uh, Kings Pelicans yesterday and the Kings changed that game. Just, you know, dropping a 2-3 zone into the third quarter and the Pelicans, I think, scored or 20. Or picking up the... full court or, yeah. like, something. Like, mm-hmm. something. Like you said, they gave up 137 points on 53-46-84. Like, and just they... kind of sat back and, like, watched it happen, right? It I, think they like, did eh. try, I think they did try something in that third quarter. Again, when I'm talking about Andre, it was like, I think they were doing something different and – Maybe Clay and Poole weren't realizing that they were doing something well, different. Yeah, and that's the other thing about the homestand. It was like they are were putting in the game plan, but the team was actually like locked into the game plan also. And I just don't think there's been like they just they have not been locked in at all. No, on the road, and no, they got road games left, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if they're fixing this. So we'll, we'll see again. We'll, we'll see. When they get Wiggins, they'll mess around and beat Milwaukee, and it'll be right back. <laughs> oh, they're they're back at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they could they could do these things. You know, they're they're capable of it. It's just God. At some point, your record is who you are. And, and I don't. I mean, I haven't done the research on it. Maybe like, what's the worst record for a team that's even won? You know, gotten to the Western Conference Finals like seven and twenty eight. That's like legendarily bad for a playoff team for a road record legendarily bad and that's what they are and, and then they could end up being worse they, they, they might win one more road game and end up as eight and what eight and 33 <laughs> you know, like, they could really do that Oof. hey man they're, they're two games up on houston <laughs> they got a worse no, one, road. Sorry, way, one like, game up on Houston on the road. One game. They, up on Houston. they got a like a way worse road record than Charlotte because Charlotte just beat the Knicks in New York, and like that's where the Warriors are right now as a road team. And again, you're right; they're great at home, but I really do think you, you show who you are a lot more on the road than you do at home. You know home. who was the secret to that Charlotte win in MSG today, right? Kelly Oubre Jr. Kiss, kisses to the crowd in MSG to snap <laughs> the Knicks' nine-game winning streak. Uh, you know, maybe. That's who the Warriors need. That's the small forward they, they need. They, they could have had them. They, <laughs> they did have them, and they could have locked in long-term. Gilly <laughs> Oubre, that's the man. Pas- bring Pascal back. Bring them both back. Want to make her two. All three of them. Marcus, should we uh, head on out for the week? Yeah, I don't think people want to hear this mess. <laughs> <laughs> they might, they might really want to hear. It. They might really want to hear it. But uh, yeah, well, I, hey, one of the two. Here, here's one. Here's one final, I guess, bright side to go with what has been a, a darker podcast for the Warriors. 
you know, Steph Curry did come back and had 19 in the fourth in LA and then hit 10 threes tonight. And he was, he, he was steaming on the bench, you know, when they were uh, giving up points after points. And obviously, you know, they did lose the game, but afterwards, I mean, he mentioned like he just feels physically very good right now. And like, that's pretty important. So that's going on at least. He should have fresh legs. He should absolutely have fresh legs. Uh, and, you know, the shot looks great. I think he looks really good. He is throwing the ball away a little bit, but that's Steph Curry. You take it. Uh, but also, like, they changed rotations, Slater. He's, like, coming out with four minutes left in the first and third quarters and, and starting the second and fourth. I guess this is kind of the new thing. I'm. Why, why do you think Curry's doing that? Well, his minutes are a little bit lower. Keep his minutes like, down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His minutes yeah. are being kept down. I'm, I'm sure once he's, you know, seven games into this and as they get nearer to the playoffs, it'll probably be back to like 12 6, 12 6, or, or 10 8, 10 8, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because when you do this, you do have to take him out in the middle of the fourth quarter, as they did tonight. And that kind of, you know, that's a little messy. I mean, by that point, the game was pretty much over, but like, that gets a little screwy. You know, I think that's one of the benefits of keeping him out for the first six minutes of the fourth quarter is, you know, you're putting him in and he's staying in instead of putting him in, taking him out. You know, Seth does not like that. I, I that had been the reason they didn't. I mean, it. he played 36 minutes anyway. So what yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like you're doing it. You're only, t- you're only sitting for four or a half. So that's eight and that's 40, you know, and, and uh, here and there otherwise, but like, this is, a little different. I'm just curious, you know, we're not either on the road and I can't ask her about it, but um, maybe he really wants to jumpstart that, that third, you know, the, the, the second and fourth quarters with Steph out there instead of him resting. I don't know. It's a little different. Steph seems to have been liking it though. He's scoring in the fourth. So uh, I'm surprised by 40 minutes from clay. Yep. That? yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, you know, clearly this is a game the Kerr really want to press for, you know, they really wanted this one and it just wasn't there for them. And, you know, they, they could use, I keep saying Andrew Wiggins is going to be so, I mean, you know, we know he'll somebody will be back and when is he going to be back at any sort of full go, but I don't know, but man, they just need him to kind of spread out the minutes, spread out the defense assignments to match up with certain people. That's just how they've won playoff series with guys like that. And they don't have any right now. And they bring him in and they get Iguodala going at all in any way. And they get GP and they get three of them and they need every score. They have zero of them because Andre's not Andre right now. And that is a huge void. And I think that's, if you ask me the main reason they're so bad on the road, it's that they cannot stand in front of anybody. And at home, you can trick it up and, you know, the crowd starts roaring and the shots don't go in for the opponent. They kind of give up. Um, and when you're on the road, that opponent thinks every shot's going in because they got the crowd behind them. They feel great. They make two, then they make three, then they make five, then they make nine. It's just builds and you can't stop them if you're not on top of them. And the Warriors aren't on top of them. And this is why it caves in on them because they just don't have that defensive guy and or two or three. And they need them, and they don't have them on this roster. On this, I'm sorry, on this active roster, they do have them on the roster, presumably. All right, Marcus Thompson, uh, Tim Kawakami, uh, thank you for coming on this uh, episode of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Couple, you know, an interesting Thursday night game in Memphis against a Grizzlies team that is free falling for various reasons. Um, yep. 
But they better believe. I'm telling you right now, they're going to be number one. Excited to see the Warriors, uh, Memphis, yeah. and they will not. They're they're going to make a lot of shots. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks will be back. He was suspended. Uh, you know, one one game this week, but he'll be. He played tonight. He, well, he played tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he Desmond Bain well. was like zero and nine at one point tonight. So, yeah. so yeah. Marcus is saying that'll be nine for twelve. For Desmond, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't uh, help off of him, Clay. Don't. Oops. Three. <laughs> um, against the Bucks Saturday at home, and then against the uh, Suns next Monday. So, yeah. yeah, three three highlight games coming up, and I'm sure we'll talk to you after uh, a couple of them. All right, deuces. Deal. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.